Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Taste of Dragons, the Toddcast, the video game podcast that all you last hopes for humanity listen to. This week, don't forget, the 21 Hands of Fury are riding out. The news is losing it. Our topic is destroying sandwiches. And our dragon this week is awesome in virtually every way. Gaming researcher and VR pioneer, Brenda Laurel. And as always, I hate getting stuck outside in electric storms, Brian. And I'm pretty sure I'm playing with a full deck. Wait, maybe not. My name is Troy. Sometimes I skim through NPC dialogue, and I'm Manda. And I lost 7 nothing to a child on the internet, so I left my stream up for 8 hours. My name's Hassel. And I totally watched King of Monsters and the amazement that which is Kong Skull Island after beating Bowser's Fury last week. My name's Joe. Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> and you might have heard Hassel in that intro instead of Lewis. Uh, he couldn't make it again this week, so Hassel has jumped in for us. Thank you again for jumping in this week, Hassel. No problem. Very glad to be here, guys. Thank you. There's some stories going on in those intros. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> We all oh. had crazy weeks. What's King of yeah. Fighters? What, what would you say? King of Monsters? You probably said Monsters. What is that? That is the Godzilla movie that came out last year with King Ghidorah <gasps> oh. and Rodan. The first time Rodan's ever looked yes. cool in a movie and it had Mothra, Fair. my love and life in it. <laughs> yes. Yes, that was pretty good. I enjoyed that movie. Yeah. That's where they alluded to Kong at the end, right? Of Skull Island. Mm. Yeah. At the end of Kong Skull Island, they alluded to Monarch and Godzilla, which was dope. <laughs> no, and this year, it all culminates on HBO Max, I think in May, right? Yes. Yeah. And then Matthew Broderick showed up at the very end and was like, I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. <gasps> <laughs> but he said it really I slow. Yeah. Oh, wait. You said Matthew Broderick, not Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> 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 but now I'm here to talk to you. <laughs> It's it's a five minute end uh, end scene because <laughs> he's just you know, taking that long. It's just the second half of the film. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, that's what I like about giant monsters. <laughs> Damn it, Matthew, go away! <laughs> You're creepy, no matter what. <laughs> he's like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> we don't, let's get into our games this week. What are you playing? And this week, you know what? I'll start us off. This week, I played the Outriders demo, that game that uh, Square Enix is coming out with that's supposed to be like a Destiny-like. It is okay. Uh, it was about... <laughs> <laughs> that space you took before saying okay is everything. Yeah. <laughs> you get to play uh, the first couple of story missions. You get to play, I think, four side missions. Uh, you get to go up to level seven and uh, world rank five, which is just another term for enemies get harder. Uh, that, okay. That's all it is. Uh, it, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I don't anticipate this being destiny level like big. I anticipate this being more like uh, the division type big where it's not going to fade away like Anthem and Avengers, but it's not going to go away completely. Like the story is actually pretty good. Um, I did like it a lot. Basically, you guys are the last hope of humanity. The earth is going is going down. And so they send away, I think, two ships uh, to try to colonize the stars. One of the ships gets blown up by by the riders and the other and your ship is the one that actually makes it. So you're actually the last hope for humanity. 
you arrive on a planet and everything seems to be fine. And then as you're going about um, one of the evil politicians or whatever, he's just like, all right, we got to send everybody now down now. And you guys like, no, we haven't done our, our, our surveying yet. And the dude's just like, no, no, we got to do it now. We got to do it now. Even though there's all the time in the world, you guys have been traveling for like hundreds of years <laughs> in suspended animation, but no, we got to do it now. Why are we suddenly in a rush? Brian, <laughs> did you just watch Interstellar this week and you thought you were I playing did. a game? <laughs> he watched Interstellar and he held the controller. Damn it. Got it. Okay. It's, it's Matthew like, McConaughey's back. Matthew he's back. I mean, he it was out. actually Matthew McConaughey from Interstellar playing Mass Effect Andromeda. Damn it. Uh, gotcha. The- okay. cool. I would watch that. Get out of here, yeah. Matthew. We're busy. <laughs> but yeah, so of course they start sending ships down, but then you realize that there's electric storms that completely either disintegrate people or give them superpowers. Of which Ooh. superpowers, there's only literally like a hundred people that have gotten them. And <laughs> meanwhile, the rest of them have been vaporized. Ooh. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. So the game picks up there. I don't want to give away too much because the demo actually does have a pretty good reveal of what happens after that. So, but you get to make your own character. You know, you have a character creator. There's a bunch of different preset heads, but you get to choose all of your, all the colors of all your makeup, of mm-hmm. all your hair, all that. Do other you have jazz. a favorite preset head? Um, so the one I chose... I thought I liked a lot before. <laughs> oh, no. What happened? What happened? And then in cutscenes, there was something that was bothering me. And then I realized what it was towards the end of the demo. My my character looks like a female Post Malone. And I, <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Awesome. I don't know Wait, how to what? deal with that, though. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just weird. <laughs> that sounds great. Do they have black hair in the character creator? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They ha- you can put your hair to almost any color. Were you the most cool. No, I meant... I meant, do they have African-American hairstyles in the character oh, creator? I believe so. Yes, yes, yes. I believe okay. so. I believe okay. so. They're getting yeah. better with that. They are. They Slowly, are. but they're getting there. They are. But yeah, so that was my game, Outriders Demo. The actual game comes out April 1st. So yeah, go play it. The demo's free. You can play, like I said, the first seven levels. So Is it PC awesome. console cool. or? Everything, everything. everything. And you can also do nice. cross-play as well. Whoa. Oh, Oh, definitely. Yeah. We should do that. Let's be a uh, friend yeah. zone, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That was my game, Outriders Demo. And then what about you, Joe? What did you play this week? I had the awesome fun of beating Kaiju Bowser in Bowser's Fury, the Super Mario World 3D Land uh, or 3D World yeah. game that came out for the Switch that was the re-release. It's phenomenal. Everything about Bowser's Fury was wonderful. It was worth all the time invested. And I now need to make Bowser Jr.'s art. He, I need oh, yeah. to have his art <laughs> on my wall. What do you mean? Why? What? Just in general, like like art of Bowser Jr. Or does he make specific art in the game? He that makes you want? art in the game. Like oh, that's what? His, what does he make? His art is the most. It's it's ridiculous looking, and it's all very aggressive. It's like you <laughs> take a dry paintbrush. And you aggressively drew Bowser, and, and like I, the gag. Oh, I don't know if I want to say what happens at the end of the game. Okay, I'm not going to say it this week. I'll say what happens in another week. When I, when I make a piece of his artwork, I will tell you guys about the part okay. of the game where the artwork's from. But if just, he makes um, like a just ridiculous, like if he draws Mario, Mario's got like angry eyebrows and he's like got a <laughs> oh, big okay. mouth with like teeth so, and fangs. But when he draws his dad. So everything is angry. It's, so it's, oh, the art it's itself beautiful. is angry, not the way he's painting it. Right. I, it's, I, I think no, it's, it's actually, both. It's both. both. <laughs> right now, I'm just... I'm imagining like Michelangelo on the Sistine Chapel, just like throwing paint the, at the wall, just like very it's basically it. No, you, you got it. <laughs> yeah. 
I mostly imagine I mostly imagine Bowser Jr. like being at therapy and then the doctor being like, you know, you could just paint to let just the anger this. out. Yeah. <laughs> and then Bowser Jr. is like, it, yes. I feel like in, in the Mushroom Kingdom or wherever Bowser's from initially, like and how he's taking over wherever he's from, I don't think there's therapy there. And if there is, it's not art therapy because there is no. nothing there's nothing that doesn't say serial killer about what Bowser Jr. is making. <laughs> Do you think that, that Mario is slowly gentrifying the mushroom kingdom, that he's just, just oh, no. ousting the, the oh, creatures no. that are indigenous oh, to that no. area oh, so that no. so that other people of a particular skin tone can live in those areas? Oh gosh. Oh, well my gosh. I, I used mean... to enjoy playing Mario games. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I just I don't even know how to think about that because they're called Goombas. And he oh. gets rid of them. Oh, gosh. And then, and then, he's, and then he, the Koopa Troopers, he kicks them out of their homes, which are their shells. <laughs> yeah. Right. He literally God. puts a flag in the ground when he's done. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, you this see a toad. Post. All of a sudden, you see a toad, like, in the corner that opened up, like, an artisanal butchery. He has a handlebar mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I want to say that it, I gave Bowser's Fury five out of five sandwiches, but now I feel like I should be doing charitable work in the Mushroom Kingdom giving <laughs> charitable sandwiches. Out. They, yeah, they, they, they need the oh, sandwich. Yeah. No, no, you can give it five sandwiches. You just need to give the, them back to the community. Yeah. Uh, right, price, yeah. It's like, none Spread, for you, Mario. These are only for them. <laughs> Spread those one-ups around. That's right. A, that's right. a one-up in every household. <laughs> Welcome At least to- one of the green ones, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but all in all, uh, now that that's that's dark and I can't even, I can't even. Guess. <laughs> I'm sorry. I still love it. It's okay. I, I still love it. And uh, immediately after beating Kaiju Bowser, I decided I was going to go watch Godzilla King of Monsters. <laughs> and then, I love it. And then I was going to watch Kong Skull Island, and I realized I should have watched them in reverse order. But that's okay. They were both great. Still, were, nice. <laughs> All right, cool. So that was Super Mario World three, Super Mario three D World, Bowser's Fury. Bowser's yes. Fury. Cool. It was amazing. So good, so good. All right. And then, what about you, Hissa? What did you play this week? So, in keeping honest with essentially what I do on a day to day basis, I decided to uh, pick up FIFA twenty one, which is the soccer simulator by EA Sports. So, hear me out. Okay. FIFA twenty one. I, I didn't want to get it because, honestly, like, FIFA has been the same for, like, the past, like, five, six years. There haven't been very many changes. But you right. can't beat 75% off. Like, that's just oh, yeah. astronomical. The right? deals they had this week were really difficult the to pass double discounts up. on PSN. Like, oh, yeah. Normally $60 and it's 10 How do I not give you $10 for that game? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah I the agree. Uh, the discount that you actually got on a Hissel was gone the next day. I think it was a mistake. Oh, I'm so happy. because the Ooh, deluxe edition what? ended up being cheaper than the regular edition. Yeah, so when I went, you in, won. So you won. I, I got the deluxe edition that came with like ten uh, FIFA Ultimate Team packs, and it came with like the PS5 version. And I was like, yeah, twenty like twenty one bucks. Why not? And then I looked at the regular standard edition, and the standard edition was $23. And I was like, why is the deluxe edition $21? I think you beat FIFA. I might oh, have. Guys, I think I think I beat just the PlayStation 5. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think just generally. No, you just but, won. So a couple of things right off the bat. Like the, the PS5 version actually does a good job of immersing you into like these soccer stadiums so like the ambiance and everything is fantastic like it's so good low times they do not exist 
like as soon wow. as you hit like like yeah i want to play this game you're immediately into the game nice here's the thing though like I've been wanting to get into FIFA Ultimate Team, like, and just for those of you that don't know, FIFA Ultimate Team is essentially you get to build your own team with your own players online, and you get to use that team to compete, and I was like, this is the perfect time for me to get into it. I got 10 free packs from this deluxe edition. Why not? I'm going to get some pretty good players. Let's do it. I have no idea how to put those players on my team. (laughs) <laughs> i am still i am still playing with a team of scrubs like it's so it's so bad before you actually get into like leagues and stuff like that they tell you it's like oh you're gonna play like a, a handful of games to to figure out what your experience level is and i'm pretty good at fifa i've got beaten seven nothing i got beat five one four nothing <laughs> and five nothing like back to back to back and the only goal i scored was because the kid felt bad for me turned around and scored on himself (laughs) (laughs) like it made me so angry um (laughs) but yeah it seems so right i mean that's 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 perfect yeah, over. I think overall, it's you know I need a little more time on it. The creative player is still fantastic. Um, yeah, they have like over forty like goal celebrations that you can pick from. They have like over forty like different running styles. Like you can literally pick a T Rex running style where your arms are just T Rex. That's fun. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's pretty fantastic, and uh, so far. I'm liking it. I, I still need to give it another week or so, though. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's FIFA 21. Nice. And then one final question: Is there a Naruto run in that? Mm, there <laughs> is arms are straight Good back. Question. There is uh, not, boo. but there is there is one where your arms are straight at your side, so they're not far <laughs> back, but they're just straight down the side. And you're I just have like no a pencil idea. running around kicking a ball. I have yeah. no idea who runs like that, but I'm like, hey, listen. Somebody had to do the motion capture for that. <laughs> There's a guy that wrestles with his hands in his pockets. It's probably that oh, guy. True. Yeah. Oh. I just learned about him the other day. I'm yeah. still enamored. He's very that's funny. insane. <laughs> nice. So that was FIFA 21. And then what about you, Amanda? What did you play this week? Uh, this week I played Don't Forget Me on our Twitch stream. So on Sunday we play indie games. Uh, and we actually got contacted by this developer, uh, Moon Pirates. And they were like, hey, if you're looking for a game to play, you should check out our game. Uh, and it was really cool. It's a point-and-click adventure game set in a post-apocalyptic future. But the thing that really drew me in is they have a Twitch integration. So we got to play with our Twitch chat. So that was a That's lot of cool. fun. It was perfect right off the bat. We didn't have any problems setting it up. I didn't misread the instructions and then have to set it up three times only to realize that it was correct the first time and it was totally my error and not because the game is in demo. (laughs) That didn't happen. Uh, (laughs) uh, But the the Twitch integration was cool. Uh, Basically, it lets you vote on dialogue choices. Like, it's a regular point and click, but, like, whenever the dialogue comes up, people get to choose. And it was great Mm -hmm. to see which of our... Um, uh, Twitch viewers are like there to see the game beat and which of our Twitch viewers are just there to sow chaos because it was if there were three <laughs> options no one ever picked the middle option it was always like this is the best option and then there'd be people who would like burn it to the ground <laughs> Donald, I feel she's like dumb. it's a 50-50 divide between our it Twitch. was very close <laughs> yeah <laughs> It was pretty cool, though, seeing the, um, I guess, the answers pop up live in the game itself. It's, it felt like a really cool integration. I haven't really played a game that's that's done that before. I know there are a few out there, but yeah, I think it's a great idea. 
Oh yeah, I love the Switch integrated games. The Switch integrated games are, I think, are not are the future, but they are definitely a niche that that are that are a lot of fun to play on stream. Yeah, I'd be cool. It would be cool to see more of them moving forward, especially because Twitch is such a big platform for gaming right now. Yeah. Um, and the, the yeah. best part is after we were done, we reached out to the developer to be like, hey, this is what we liked. And they, they watched our streams. They were like, hey, thank you for your feedback. And they said that we were we were good. They probably just said that because we said nice things, but it was still nice to hear. <laughs> I then remembered <laughs> that I gave one of the characters a really dumb voice. Oh, they did comment <laughs> on Troy's voice. They were like, oh, it was fun voice for that character. And Troy's voice was like, oh, I was like, oh, really? We are coming to the next chapter. I was like this snarky villain. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's what they were that they were envisioning when they made that character, but there we go. That's how they. That's how you know they actually did listen to it. Yes. They didn't just give you generic feedback. They actually listened to it and they're like, "Oh, oh. no, really? Do you think those developers are now sitting around the table going, maybe that is the voice? <laughs> is this the direction we're going in? If is this we, what we're doing? If we play the final game and he sounds like that, then uh, that we just won at life. That's like that's the it. best. That's oh my gosh, that's awesome! So that was uh, "Don't Forget Me," right? Yes, don't, don't forget you me. forget about me. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. Well, what about you, Troy? What did you play this week? I played Hand of Fate Two, made by Defiant Development. This is a tabletop role-playing, card-collecting, narrative-driven action combat game. <sighs> if that sounds confusing, that's a lot. That's, yeah, that's, that's a lot of words. Yes. That is a lot. <laughs> If this sounds confusing, I promise it all works. Go online, watch a trailer. Uh, but I want to I paint a picture for you all. Okay, imagine you're in a dusky little caravan, all right? You're moving through a forest. There's dank lighting, a couple of candles here and there, and a beautiful oaken tables in front of you. Across from you is this gentleman whose face and, and is covered with a hood and a mask, just beady eyes, and he's calling himself the dealer. And he asks, would you like to play a game? No, this is this is not some type of soft fanfic or anything. This is just straight up what this game is. He then gives you these cards and lays them out in front of you. And you have a little token that represents yourself. And when your figure goes on that card, it flips over and then an action takes place. It could be something like you're in a, a city and a child comes and steals your coins and you have to run after them. Or it could be that you get ambushed by thieves. In any case, you then get to kind of D&D your way through an actual adventure story. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure book meets like an actual like 3D video game because sometimes you get transported into the cards and yeah. then you have a battle and you transport out or you get transported in and then you do like a puzzle and then you come back out. But then mm -hmm. uh, the, the pieces between those battles are choose-your-own-adventure. So it's like, you know, dialogue choice one through three. Do you go down the path? <laughs> do you wait here? Do you stab the guy? It's almost like, it's, I could also say like a text adventure is also kind of thrown in the mix there because a lot of it is either text or narratively uh, told to you. Mm -hmm. And while that all sounds wild, it'll make a lot more sense if you w watch a stream it or something like that. But I really want to key in on my favorite part of this game, which is the freaking narrator. And this is probably one of the reasons why this game reminds me of like, like if you want to play Dungeons and Dragons, but you don't have a crew, it's just you. This is like one of the closest things to solo D&D I found because that DM is so mean to you. <laughs> he's, he's so snarky. You uh, you pick that card a lot, don't you? Yeah. Sometimes I, I like to build my own deck, so I'll, I'll 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 draw a card that'll benefit me. And if I pick it too much, he will say things like that, Manny. Just like, 
Hmm. I see you really like that card. <laughs> Fat chance it'll help you. I'm like, what? What? Come on. <laughs> Leave me alone. What are you doing? <laughs> really regretting the, that choice, aren't you? Yeah. If you go left, he'll be like, ooh, I would have done something different there. I'm like, this isn't your game. <laughs> and he's just a character in the game. Just kind of actively like uh, programmed to just make fun of you. <laughs> And all of your choices. When you started this and you're like, oh, let me paint you a picture. All I could think of was Bowser Jr.'s picture. <gasps> me too. <I> this. <laughs> Angrily drawn. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was like. I was like, oh my God, my brain went to somewhere I think completely different than what you wanted <laughs> It's a painting of Troy with angry eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> and they're bushy too. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, this Hand of Fate was one of my favorite games of this year. And I'll go ahead and say that Hand of Fate and Hand of Fate 2 are one of my favorite, like, franchises, period. It's almost impossible to explain how it works. Just go try it, buy it, watch it, whatever, because it's one of the most unique, satisfying games out there on the market right now. Hand of Fate 2. Check it out. Nice. I like your little little sound effect there. <laughs> I had to find a way out. So You did, you did. I onomatopoeia my way out of that. <laughs> Very nice. All right, so that'll do it for our games. Now it brings us to our news segments. News, 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 news. And this week, we're actually going to start off epically with Epic Games buying Fall Guys creators Mediatonic, uh, which I did not see coming. I'll be honest with you guys. <laughs> it, it fits their model, though. Like, they, they own Fortnite. They own yeah. Fall Guys. That that makes sense. That tracks. Yeah, they also bought um, Rocket League creators. Um, I forgot their name. Uh, but they bought them, I think, two years ago in 2019. So it kind of goes along with that. Yeah. My first thought was, oh, Fall Guys will never be on Apple now. <laughs> <laughs> What an iconic rise for Mediatonic, right? Like, we're talking oh, yeah. about, like, what, Fall Guys came out, like, literally, like, six months ago, maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little longer than that? Yeah. And now they've been bought out? Wow. <laughs> uh, currently, Epic has no plans to change anything. Uh, it will remain purchasable on both Steam and Epic Store. And there's still plans for cross-play and all the other plans that they are doing. So they're just basically saying, hey, make money for us now. Here you go. <laughs> this is just a fun so, way to get the Fall Guys costume into Fortnite. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. Oh, man. The six foot bean. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, scary. <laughs> Your but hitbox it, would be so big. <laughs> it would only be fair for you to waddle around and just be unbelievably, like, just wobbly the entire time. Hard to time. control. <laughs> like, you can fall so easily. You yes. can't shoot yeah. anyone. You just, like, hug them. <laughs> Yeah. Do you guys think- <laughs> oh my gosh, you don't hold a gun, you just hold them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys think that this is going to mean uh, Meditonic's game is, pro- or, well, Fall Guys is going to be taken off of the PlayStation servers for no. uh, no, they, multimedia? No, they're going no, to leave them up. No, no they're going to say no to that uh, money. Yeah. No, no, I don't think so at all. And then speaking of Epic... Holy damn, did the Pokemon company come out swinging with their Pokemon 25th anniversary announcements. But I do want to know what you guys think about Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, that trailer was amazing. I'm very excited for, for, for what that game could be. An, an open world Pokemon game where the Pokemon, it looks like they actually fight each other instead of kind of like animate <laughs> without moving. 
Uh, yeah. I, I'm a little bummed. It looks like you have two characters to choose from rather than having a customizable character. And having had the last few Pokemon be customizable, it's like, hmm, it, it, let me change my character. It's pretty early in development. I, I, I have to imagine they'll just port over a lot of yeah. the customizable, customizable features from previous games. Yeah. That'd be great. I was beyond excited when I saw how you actually have to throw a Pokeball at them. I was like, yeah. yes. Like in the I, wild. I just, I love that aspect of the games that we never get to play. It's so, it's, it's so interesting. It's, I love it. I yeah. Love it. it reminded me. I mean, in the, in the last game, Pokemon Sword and Shield, you had those big open world areas where the Pokemon were just kind of free form roaming around. And if you mm-hmm. ran into one, you would, you would fight them. So it just seemed like they're taking that technology and just bumping it to the next level. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited for that. It's like Breath of the Wild-ish. Oh, yeah. And speaking of Breath of the Wild, they actually, uh, somebody put side by side the trailers and the opening sweeping shot is exactly the same <laughs> as the Breath of the Wild trailer. <laughs> is this going to be the first Pokemon game that doesn't come out in a duo? It's just a mm. one game? Ooh. I mean, besides like Pokemon Pocket or whatever those like niche yeah, side yeah. things first are. main yeah, game. Yeah. Then, yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say Let's Go Pikachu, but there was Let's Go Eevee. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, but there was the Pikachu Speak one, and there was Pokemon Snap as well. Those are all yeah. ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they're, they're not yeah, like, like snap. the side, same. Side yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I liked it a lot. And the rest of the stuff they announced with the um, the Shinnah region was being yeah. redone. Oh, yeah. The, the additions to Pokemon Go were fun. And yeah. I really, if you want a massively amazing trip down memory lane, the opening seven oh. minutes of oh, it, my God. I had my forgotten how, met, how much of my life I had spent playing so many Pokemon things, Manda or too. how many Pokemon games I played, how many little random weird things they created that I had. Yeah. I loved that Pikachu step meter thing. Yes. Like I it had, pin, it had pinball on it. You played pinball it with was. him. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I could not believe how many fun things when they pointed out <laughs> yeah. how much of my life has been spent when, with Pokemon. When we started watching like, that. I love it. Manda's like, oh, you know, I played a couple of them here and there, but like every every thirty seconds, you were like, oh, I had that. Oh, and I oh I watched that. Oh, I don't watch that yeah. one too. Oh, and I had that. And I was like, and, but in my mind, I was like, oh, no, I played like the first one that I didn't play again for a really long time, and that was a lie. That was a lie I was telling myself in my own head. I was like, oh, no, I played them for a long time. <laughs> that was the best part of of the experience for me was that recap of all Pokemon history. Yeah. Agreed. And Agreed. it was well done. 8-bit sound and all. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. When I got the text for uh, from you guys uh, saying that the, the, the Pokemon presentation was coming and or that it was live, I went, oh, yeah, Post Malone. So I immediately logged on thinking it was the Post Malone thing. And I went, oh, no, wait, this is even more exciting. Games. But where's Post Malone? <laughs> where's Post Malone? <laughs> well, I'll tell you where Post Malone was because they had their 25th anniversary concert the next day, which was Saturday, uh, with Post Malone or Poke Malone, if you will. And it was hilarious. Like, if you had watched that, it was ridiculous. <laughs> he didn't sing the Poke Rap, Brian. Why no. him to sing the polka rap? Yeah, Nothing but- will ever beat that Gyarados jumping out of the water in slow motion over, over Post him. Malone yeah. singing whatever that song he was singing. I don't even know what it was. All I know is that that Gyarados gave me life and it was everything. Just imagine yeah. if he was singing the polka rap when the Gyarados, it would just would have been, I guess I it would have been too much. I probably would have remembered it then. Yeah. It would have been too much. Okay. I feel like this was much more like they were trying to do what like they do in Fortnite and a couple other ones where it's just a concert inside of the game 
versus being about the right. game type of thing. Right. They did the same thing with uh, the Travis Scott concert. I'm just exactly and a bunch of other ones that video games now make more money than other industries, mm-hmm. and they yes. should ca- they should cater to us. I they don't want to listen to your music. Yeah. I want you to sing <laughs> our music. You're on our but, platform but, now. But he also did a cover of Hootie and the Blowfish. Right. right. No yes, shots at Hootie really and the Blowfish. <laughs> no shots at Hootie and yeah. the Blowfish. But Post Malone's cover of that song was pretty pretty good. I did not I w- expect that. <laughs> I went into my car, turned on the you know, I turned on my car, the radio went on, and his cover of that song was on a top forty radio station. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Am I am I hearing this? And I immediately called Joe and I was like, This is hilarious, Joe. You have to listen. I can't believe nobody's gonna believe me. And the <laughs> official music video for that cover is the Pokemon uh uh That's fun. concert. Yeah. It's it's like hilarious. Vivo. It's their official their official music video. Yeah, so good. It, it was it was ridiculous. But yeah, w- definitely watch it. It's definitely worth 15 minutes of your time. It's hilarious just watching him floating through the different biomes, singing about sex and having all of his curses kind of like removed from his songs. Just quiet it's it out. Hilarious. <laughs> it was it was awkward when some of those seats, those parts start like, oh, I I know this song. That is not what the no. he's singing these things to sweet little baby Pokemon. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. You should have replaced uh, the curse words with Pokemon names. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I want to Pikachu in the Charizard. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? You can go I don't know what that means. Just saying, yeah. That sounds like you got really into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds like a. All right. I'm, I'm going to opt out of this. I think we should stop. Yeah, I think we should, we should stop. stop. <laughs> this yeah. is done now. Yeah. This riff. Yep, yep. We're done. Pika Pika out. (laughs) (laughs) And then Snoop Dogg decided to dip his toe into the streaming world this week. And uh, things did not go well. Uh, Right, Hassel? Not at all. I mean, listen, I I lost 7-0 this week to probably an 11-year-old in FIFA. (laughs) Snoop Dogg went down 14 to nothing in the first 15 minutes of a Madden NFL 21 game while he was on his Twitch uh, stream. Uh, After the second touchdown, he said, F this S, and then decided to just slam his controller, remove his headset, and then just walked away from from his setup leaving the stream on for the next eight hours. (laughs) (laughs) And so someone had to come in and just like shut it down. (laughs) That's the best thing I've heard on Twitch. Oh my God. In a while. He just left. (laughs) And I'm sure he got more and more viewers. He did. You are completely correct. He got a lot of viewers and people just listening to his sweet R and B playing in the background, and like they were, the the chat was keeping itself busy, and lots of people were just like, "I guess he should probably have some mods that would have been able to help him out with this." But uh, we're just gonna wait and see if he comes back. Because then you are just waiting for the moment that he does come back, right? If yeah, you're anticipating it. The anticipation of is he is he coming back now? Is it now? Uh-huh. Is it now? He's a genius. <laughs> it's so funny. And then finally, also losing it, PlayStation will no longer be selling or renting movies and TV shows through the PlayStation Store uh, beginning August 31st of this year, which is not surprising. There's just so many other places to get films. Yes. 
that, oh, that yeah. was the main way that I did rent films. It was through the PlayStation Store because it was just the easiest. We also just liked giving money to Sony versus some of the other companies. But. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be hurt by this in any way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, not going to be want for any music or movies. <laughs> Besides you guys, I think I only, only I only knew one other person who did that, and yeah. right. it was just yeah. It, it's just not, especially nowadays, but there are so many streaming services now. It's almost That's everything's fine. on there. All right, so I'll do it for our new segment. Now it brings us to my favorite segment, which is turn up for what? Turn it for what? <laughs> and this week is with Joe from Katsusando. Welcome, Mario fans, to another pipe-plunging, coin-grabbing, goal-post-scoring Mamma Mia of a week in Animal Crossing. March 1st brought with it the super spectacular items to celebrate Mario's 35th anniversary. Located in your Nook shopping app, you can buy up to five items a day to start your Mario-fication of your islands. You can adorn your islands with coin blocks, mushrooms, fire flowers, and many other classic Mario set pieces. You can also purchase the stashes and style of your favorite Mario character. As long as your favorite Mario characters are Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Wario. Sorry, Waluigi fans out there. Not only is he snubbed in Smash Brothers, he clearly isn't appreciated here either. But to help chill the burn of no Waluigi, you can celebrate Pie Day until March 14th by ordering the sweet pastry from the Nook app. And don't forget to check throughout the month and keep checking the Nook app for the seasonal items they do change daily. And that's your slice of Animal Crossing life. This is Joe from Katsusando signing off and reminding you to look up for the shooting stars, watch your step to avoid pitfalls, and always, always save your rusted parts. Back to you, dragons. Turn up for what? All right. Thank you so much, Joe. And now, here's a little halftime ad break. If you are listening to this podcast and you have any questions, comments, or sandwich suggestions, head on over to our Instagram page at Taste of Dragons and tell us all of your thoughts. But don't just follow us there. If you're looking to get more involved in the indie game community, follow us on Twitter at Taste of Dragons as well. For more information on our Twitch, Please stick around till the end of our podcast, where we'll be highlighting our favorite chat comment from streaming this week. And with that, back to you, Brian. Thank you for that, sir. And now that brings us to our next segment, which is Gamer's Digest. Yum! And this week's going to be brought to us by Manda. As you guys know, uh, we're big fans of dragons and video games, but you might not know that we're also big fans of sandwiches. Love Newcomers em. to the podcast are probably unaware of the deep, 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 deep love we have for two pieces of bread with things stuck between it. <laughs> I'm eating one right now. <laughs> Sometimes we like to take video games and make them into sandwiches. We love sandwiches so, so much. And this week we thought we would bring to you a Gamer's Digest about Destruction All-Stars. We're going to take that game about cars that explode and make it into a sandwich. So, if Destruction's All-Stars was a sandwich, what kind of sandwich would it be? All right. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what kind of sandwich it would be yet, but I do know that I would like some potato chips in that sandwich to get that crunch <gasps> yes. when you bite into it, like cars colliding like together. Like the fender bender sound <sighs> as potato yeah. chips. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. I think it is made with some sort of very dry bread that falls apart while you're eating it. So, like, the chips are actually, like, going to help keep everything secure mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm. inside of it. Like, your, your bread is, like, rye bread. Something that's, like, been toasted so much that it's just, Ooh. like, as you crunch into it, it starts to crackle and break. Oh, like the right. Game. The crumbles yeah. all come down into your beard. We all relate to that, right? right? So, it's like just, a little... Just old... me and Hassel? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a little <laughs> overproved, you know. Sorry, I've been watching uh, a lot of British Bake Off, so like I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say if there are eight ingredients in this sandwich, that a few of them are always missing. Every time you order it, like it comes out with slightly less ingredients than was supposed to be in there. So like if you were supposed to have like a team of eight ingredients, like, then, uh, you know, four of them might drop before the sandwich starts. No, no mushrooms? No mushrooms? I thought there were mushrooms on this. Let me, let me look again. I thought again. there was sriracha aioli on here. Why, yeah. why is, is there no? I mean, the menu okay. says that. Okay. Okay. So but wait, the, does, does that happen because the waiter is bringing you the sandwich? and like he's like stumbling as he's doing it so like all yeah. the, these toppings are like falling out it's actually a fall guy bringing you your sandwich <laughs> <laughs> yeah you could say that the server is mm-hmm. dropping yeah okay yes yep. I, like right? yep. yeah. I like that yep this, ch- yeah. this, yeah. this floats this floats <laughs> uh, but i feel like the sandwich looks real good like it is it's it does. got some good adornment on it it's got some garnish it, it has a nice umbrella in it maybe so when you see it you're like damn that's a sandwich however then you look at it and the actual meat portion of it there's not a lot there you're like huh I thought this was going to come with a lot more no, meat no, than it is actually no, what it, inside. What it is, it's positioned so it looks like a whole sandwich. And then when you rotate the plate, it just shows that it's only like half a sandwich there. <laughs> yeah. What if like, oh, you got me. You got me. What if it's a sandwich of like made of like chicken tenders, but they're over breaded. So you're just getting a lot uh, of bread and not a <laughs> lot of chicken. That sounds great, actually. That does sound great. Well, actually, I think that's pretty factual because, like, the characters in those in those games are fantastic. I feel like the ingredients oh, yeah. taste great. Like, the ingredients are there to make a really great sandwich. It's just it's so hard to eat it. It's just so yeah. just falling all over the place. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's a bouncer outside that only lets certain people in. Like, you don't know who they are. It's just that he just randomly allows certain people in because it's a PlayStation 5 exclusive. So oh, not everybody okay. can play this game. Oh, so you're saying yeah. it, the pl- this place is bougie. It's bougie. You're saying yes. it is a bougie artisanal place and they only give you half a sandwich because that's what they meant to do. Right. It's, it's our fine fault dining for ordering the sandwich. That, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of place where like the sandwich has a name but you can't really pronounce it because a lot of like the letters aren't really said when you're saying the word. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it's it, the sandwich is free as well. Like, See, they give you that sandwich for free. It yeah. feels like you went to this restaurant and maybe you're going to order something, but then the manager re- came by and was like, "Hey, we're testing out this new uh, sandwich. If you want to like give it a, a whirl." No, or, you know. no, no, no. It's not a sandwich. It's a, excuse me. No, 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 no. It's not a restaurant. It's a clubhouse. It's for our <laughs> exclusive yacht club PlayStation clubhouse. And this is just the food that's complimentary at the at the yacht house. Yes, it's fair. I like it. I like that a lot. Also, it explodes. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Also, it is served. It is served on a stick of dynamite. (laughs) Enjoy. We keep saying we're going to make these sandwiches. We should be careful what we say. Let me let me backtrack that. I should be careful what I say. (laughs) Okay, so so this sandwich. Looks amazing, right? It right. Lo- does it look really good? Yeah. It looks real yeah. good. It's got some really quality ingredients Crisp. in it. Oh yeah, yep. Right. Or- organically fed. Organically fed f- ingredients. However, the meat portion of it is not a lot. It's only right. on one half of the sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, when the per- the server brings it out to you, they drop several ingredients. Yeah, so not right. all of those ingredients make it to the table. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, are we going to go with what kind of sandwich this is, or are we just going to go with the generic? 
Like, this is just a really good-looking sandwich. I think we decided it was chicken tenders with potato chips on rye bread. Okay. I think it has sauerkraut on it, too, because it needs to be a little slippery. <laughs> Ooh, I, you know what? What? Sauerkraut? No, the sauerkraut did it for me. I'd eat that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's got sauerkraut because you've got your bread that's falling apart, like the game, and you've got your potato chips that are crunching and crashing, like the game, and then you have sauerkraut so that you're all slipping and sliding everywhere trying to figure out what's going on with why there's not enough meat in your chicken yeah. tenders, but the bread's like, so good, it and does, it tastes so good that you're like, I'm willing to put up with trying to take another bite. It does that thing when you eat the sandwich where you take the first bite and then everything slips out the back. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're like, oh, damn it. Not it's everything. It's a sauerkraut. Not it's a sauerkraut. Just a few pieces of it. <laughs> and it's a and different gotta, like, piece pick every it up. bite. Your yeah. hands get all dirty. <laughs> like, all right, I guess I'll just try again. I don't know. <laughs> but hey, it's free, so you keep coming back. You still order another exactly. one. Exactly. Right? Hey, you can't beat free. <laughs> Hoping that the next one will be a little better. You know what? Maybe it is a little better. Hey, it tastes good. It's not yeah. like the sandwich is bad. It's just every bite's like a mystery of what's not there. And it's free. <laughs> what are you going to do? Complain? Exactly. And don't oh, I know forget, we aren't. It explodes. So, I mean, really, if you don't eat it, it's just going to explode. <laughs> This well, is amazing. All right. Well, thank you all, right. all. Thank you. That was that was a great trip down that Gamer's Digest. Yum. <laughs> all right. Now that brings us to our Dragon of the Week. Adieu, 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 adieu. It's the Dragon of the Week. Oh, it's so sleek. It's the Dragon of the Week. It'll make you freak. Dragon of the Week. Dragon of the Week. Dragon of the Week is a chance for us to shine a little light, show a little love to all of our gaming people out there, our corporations, our anybody who even slightly uh, helps with the gaming industry. We want to get into it. And this week, to celebrate Women's History Month, we're also going to be having another themed month where it's going to be all women developers or all women uh, creators. So this week, Troy is going to be bringing it to us. That's right. Happy Women's History Month, y'all. March. Woo woo. woo, woo, woo. Yeah. Take that, suckers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really looking forward to, to hearing about a bunch of different dragons this week or this uh, month. And to kick it off, I'm going to be talking about Brenda Laurel, gaming researcher, academic, and virtual reality pioneer. So check nice. it out. Brenda Laurel has been part of the gaming industry since the 70s. Wow. The 70s. That's like computers were just coming out. <laughs> like We're really just kind of becoming popular then. That's at least um, 80 years ago. It's, uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, she not only pioneered the field of technology and virtual reality, but she also helped prove to the world that, yes, girls like playing video games. She proved it, and I'll tell you how. In 1976, at the age of 26, Brenda had gotten her master's in fine arts in acting and directing when a friend of hers was like, yo, check this out. My school has computers and like a bunch of them in a lab. And uh, she went over there and fell in love with just computers in general. And her friend that, that brought her over ended up starting a games company called CyberVision. And they were like, hey, Brenda, you're actually really talented at storytelling and you're really good with computers. Uh, would you like to be one of our designers? <gasps> and right off the bat, Brenda jumped into the games industry and in her words, never looked back. Flash forward three years. So 1979, Brenda was ready for a newer gig, a bigger gig to better suit her growing skills. She moved from Ohio to California love where she accepted a position with a little company called 
Atari. Whoa. There, she worked as a software specialist and then became the manager of the home computer division of software strategy and marketing. This is important because software strategy and marketing is a really big proponent of her career and the advancements she made in the gaming industry. She notes, though, that being the only woman on her floor at Atari was interesting as the women's restroom at that time had already been turned into a smoking lounge because there were no women. There were just no women. What? Yeah, there, he was. She was like, "I need it. Wow, I'm gonna need this." And they're like, "Oh, right. That's Let me put this ridiculous. out." <laughs> Someone had to start, right? Yeah, yeah. While working at Atari, she kept having these these questions, these kind of larger, long scope questions, like, "What are games actually?" Like this this is the 70s and early 80s, so she's really like trying to dive into what this medium can can make. So she asked questions like, what are games? What is interactivity? And how can we make games more intelligent? Over the next seven years, after tons of research, doing amazing, intensive research, she answered a lot of those questions. Those answers ended up landing her consulting gigs with companies like LucasArts, Sony Pictures, and many more. In 1992, she started working in the field of virtual reality on a project that was backed by the co-founder of Microsoft themselves. This is the early 90s. Wow, yeah. And virtual reality in the 90s. At that time, virtual reality was much more like put on this thing and kind of like look around the Grand Canyon and be like, Ooh. cool. <laughs> uh, but she was so interested in the interactivity. As, as I said, she started with a degree in theater pretty much. She was really in interested in the story element and the interactivity part of it. So she's actually the person that got you hands in virtual reality. Oh. The idea of being able to have two hands in virtual reality. She was like, it's important for people to really accept the reality to be able to like be in it, interact with it. She also introduced the concept of having two people in virtual reality at the same time. Whoa. Which is something we're still struggling to try and perfect to this day. <laughs> but oh, she yeah. introduced that concept back then and made it work. The goal for her with VR is to show that it could be used for more than just training exercises, which is what it was used for them, medical, um, police, things like that. And that it could be used for play and for theater or, you know, fun. <laughs> <laughs> So after introducing a bunch of multi-sensory VR trailblazing ideas, her most impactful work would come after all of the VR. While at the same company, she led a four-year-long research and development effort to look at the relationship between gender and technology among children and teens, specifically girls. Now, at that time, games were made for young boys, it was, and there was a, a, a stigma that girls didn't like video games. I mean, a lot of the games back then were pretty much centered on, like, violence and competition, and that's where the money was. And so, yeah, a, a lot of girls did not connect with that, and so they did not play it. But the, uh, you know, the powers that be just deemed that girls don't play video games. She was like, no, girls do play video games, just not your video games. But she couldn't just say that. She had to back it up with research. So she went and did a four-year-long research development that included interviewing over 1,000 girls from over eight cities, asking them about their hobbies, their insecurities, what a day in their life is like. And all of this information led to the scientific conclusion 
that girls like playing video games. What? what? <laughs> you know, it's, wait a second. You know how sad that is. It, it's so sad that I, I guarantee, if like a guy had said that, they'd be like, "All right, we could probably believe that." But because she was a woman in the industry, she had to do four years of research in order to prove her points. You know. <laughs> I know. Today, forty-eight percent of gamers are women. See, yes, and, and also the diversity of what games are has or the variety of what games have become have become way more diverse in what you do in games. And I think it's all because of researchers and trailblazers like this. Yeah. This research led her to create her own company under the same parent company called Purple Moon, whose goal was to make games with content that girls would like without telling girls what they like. This was not like we're going to shove a bunch of stereotypical girl things into a game and then, you know, sell it to it. This was her actually listening to those thousand plus girls and then developing a variety of issues and games that would encompass what she discovered and learned. So this all came together for a series called The Rocket Series, which starred... Uh, a young girl who was going through a bunch of different situations. For for one uh, situation, they, they kind of played like like choose your own adventure games, and it was like, mm-hmm. hey, you're in school, and your best friend's like, hey, we're going to a party, and so and so is going to be here, and so and so can't make it, and you're like, why is so and so not there? Oh, they're going to a different party, and then like the mean girls show up, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to a better party. Enjoy your party. But then it would branch out, and you could actually decide how you want to answer those mean girls. Do you be mean back? Do you are you unsure? Are you confident and that's where it kind of blossomed into this kind of role-playing situational puzzle uh type game which sounds brilliant for the 90s oh yeah that's that's a that sounds like a, a just a visual novel uh, which is awesome visual novels are great i would like to actually get my hands on this to see how much of it i, I watched a couple of videos but i'd love to mm-hmm. see like exactly what the bones were of this of that, this game that were. also yeah, sounds yeah. like dialogue options that are in our shooty shooty murder games now just saying and then it, they it are. came in because it realized that hey you know boys like doing that as well <laughs> she did come across a couple forms of, of criticism launched against the series one was from male gamers who thought that her games weren't fun And secondly, by certain sections of feminism who believe that the games enforce harmful female stereotypes. Brenda's answer to the male-focused developers was pretty easy. It was like, hey, would you rather not make billions of dollars selling games to girls? (laughs) (laughs) So that that was pretty much shut down very quickly. But her answer to the second criticism was, just look at the research. You know, she wanted to make mm-hmm. games for kids for where they were at. And that's all. Not telling them who they should be or what they should not be. Just this is where they are. This is who I'm going to make games for. And it's research that she never stopped doing. After four years, after a slew of Rocket Games came out, her parent company shifted away focus and took investment out of her company, Purple Moon. And unfortunately, at that time, Purple Moon spawned out of video games. They were making toys and books. They were making a whole Rocket Girl series like conglomerate. But without the investor support, however, Mattel, yes, Barbie's Mattel swooped in, bought her company out, and instantly shut it down. Wow. Because I guess they didn't like the idea of girls not being Barbies. Yeah, taking girls away from their market. Or, yeah, showing girls that there are mm-hmm. alternatives. Oh, and you know what? Because Barbie video games were so good, they didn't need the help and the research. Or, or yeah. like, like, they started making rocket like rocket toys and yeah. things like that. Yeah. So I don't know if they were just like, oh, like, this rocket toy has, you know, only has one set of clothes or something. But, like, they just shut it down. It was kind of unfortunate way for it to go down. But since then, she has shifted her focus to academia. 
creating new curriculums for the graduate media design programs in, in many different colleges and universities. She travels the world teaching and lecturing all around about being a, a complete inspiration for all those around her. Please, please, please look her up when you can. Brenda Laurel, she has a slew of TED Talks that are both very straightforward and very, very educational. Um, I've listened to about three of them, and already I, I feel like I know so much more about that time frame for what it was to be a, a woman developer, and also the disparities of being a girl gamer uh, that are still happening today. She's part of a great collaborative for win- women indies where they all come together to pretty much talk to the new female independent game developers to show them, hey, this is what we did. Now, here, we're going to give this all to you. You all are the future. Run with it. And that gives me the most hope and makes me so happy for where games can go uh, in the future. So that's Brenda Laurel. Just a quick synopsis. Please look up more about her. She is super deep and has over 35 years in the industry. An icon. Nice. That's a great start to the month, Troy. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Pleasure. I look forward to hearing what else we, uh, we bring up the rest of the month. Okay, so that will do it, unfortunately, for this week's episode. Ba-boom, ba-boom. But you can always find us online. Make sure to check us out online on Twitch six days a week on twitch.tv backslash Taste of Dragons. Troy, I, I think we also have a special comment of the week for the week. I, I think we were going to rename it the Beeb of the Week. Right, well, our Beeb of the Week goes to... MGS Rex, three numbers after his name. <laughs> I'm going to say one, two, four. Uh, one for to his comment, with one, two, one, MGS Rex, one, two, one, for his comment, General Cannoli. Now, you may be wondering what that means. That's because we got into a Star Wars conversation. We were wondering which Star Wars character would be the best baker. And MGS Rex, also known as <clears throat> Hassel from this podcast, uh, said that General Grievous. <laughs> would be the best the best baker with all of his arms. And I think that's the most brilliant answer that I've heard to that question. Absolutely. I mean, thank I you agreed. guys so much. Yeah. Uh, it is it is an honor and a privilege to receive this award. I'd like to uh, start off by thanking my uh, my publicists and my... Uh, all, all Your of team my, of writers. Yeah, all of my marketing <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, just PR team. Uh, I couldn't have done it without them. Oh, oh uh, is that music? I hear music. It's it's, it's oh, coming over. Oh. Yeah, that that's music. Okay. That's music. Um, oh, all right. No, no, well, no. uh okay. Okay. Uh great. Uh, uh love you guys. Don't do drugs. Bye. He he, al- <laughs> he also said Daddy One Kenobi, which is gold. When we were talking that about who really would good. you date, uh Anakin Skywalker or Obi-Wan, I I think I think the answer is uh it's pretty spelled out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daddy One Kenobi all the way. <laughs> Daddy one Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, and I think the conversation was who would win the British Bake Off in yes. Star Wars. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Yes, yes. and it's yeah, definitely yeah. General Grievous. Can you think of the multitasking he'd be able to do? Look at all those arms. I just see him whipping so many eggs. Oh, <laughs> like <laughs> with lightsabers. With lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> little cheese knife lightsabers. <laughs> Awesome. All right. So, as always, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. I'm Amanda. My name is Hassel. And I'm Joe. And we are the, the Taste, Taste of Dragons. Dragons. 
Have a great week, everyone. Who wants to bake? Why? I'm gonna go watch more British Bake Off. I want to make a brookie. General Cannoli. I just want to do the icing for a cake. Do you think Grievous can taste the food? Taste of Dragon's Gaming Podcast, a podcast for everyone's taste.